We declare that the Holy Ghost is here, Jesus is here, and there is freedom and liberty in this place today. Speak to us by your spirit and through your word, and we give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Amen. You may be seated, and we are in a series right now called Jesus Is. Jesus Is. We've discovered that Jesus is our shepherd. He is our righteousness. That Jesus is the name which is above every name. Amen. How many of you remember what we spoke on last Sunday morning? Jesus is the bread of life. Amen. So this morning I want to talk about Jesus is our Redeemer. He is our Redeemer. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13 it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. The Amplified says Christ purchased our freedom. Now that's a huge subject. We know that the curse of the law is manyfold. It's poverty, it's sickness, and it's spiritual death. Aren't you glad that Jesus took your place? Amen. He was made sin for you who knew no sin, that you might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Amen. On the same day, in the same body, in the same person, He went to the cross, spirit, soul, and body to redeem mankind, spirit, soul, and body. And then in Ephesians 1, 7, it says, In Him we have redemption. It's not something we're trying to get. Jesus is, in fact, our Redeemer. He has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So there is freedom. There's deliverance through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I have a word today in my heart, and I want to center in on Psalms 103, verse 4 in just a moment. Because I want to talk to you about Jesus, our Redeemer, who continuously redeems our life from destruction. Now in Psalms 103, verse 1, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. (coughs) Do what? Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. One of His benefits are the forgiveness of sins. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Number two, who healeth all thy diseases. Aren't you glad? But notice this next phrase, verse 4, part A. Read it with me. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. That word redeemeth is past. He has redeemed us. It is also present. He is currently redeeming us. And it is also future. He will yet redeem us. Jesus is our Redeemer. And Jesus is coming soon. Now, He didn't come on September 23rd. But keep your eyes open. He's coming soon. Hallelujah. Say it with me. Jesus is coming soon. So you want to make sure that you are ready. You want to make sure you're rapture ready. Now, I'm not talking about getting a hole in your roof. You know, God, well, He'll get you there. Amen. But you just make sure in your own heart that you are rapture ready. Who is redeeming from destruction thy life? Now, what I want you to see is this. Just because we have been redeemed and are being redeemed does not mean that destruction won't knock on our door. We have an adversary. He walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, right? Well, if you resist him steadfastly with the God kind of faith that he's put on the inside of you, you can boldly say, he may not devour me. Though destruction may come, destruction doesn't have to take us out. Though weapons may be formed, weapons that are formed against us need not to prosper. Amen? And then, of course, a very familiar verse of Scripture in John 10. John 10, verse 10, talks about the thief. How many of you know God's not the thief? The devil is the thief. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Notice that word destroy and destruction are very similar. It means to eradicate, to damage. It means to shatter or to smash. It means to demolish or to devastate. Thank God, Jesus is our Redeemer. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that He might destroy, undo, dissolve the works of the enemy where you're concerned. Amen. 
And so we need not to be afraid of destruction. Destruction and the enemy coming is a fact of life. But thank God for the greater one who lives on the inside of us. Now I want to show you a couple things today from Acts 16. So look at Acts chapter 16 and verse 16. Acts 16 and verse 16. Paul and Silas were in the will of God, in the perfect will of God. And yet, along the pathway of them being in the will of God, they got thrown into prison. Did you know that it's possible for us to be in the will of God and yet get thrown into some pretty difficult situations? Is that right? So, in the world, we're going to have some tribulation. There's going to be some trouble. That's why Jesus said, get happy, because he's overcome the world. Now notice, in verse 16 of Acts 16, it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, who brought our masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us, cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to do what? come out of her and guess what happened he came out the same hour she did this for many days but there was a point in time with the spirit of God on the inside of Paul and Paul's spirit got good and grieved and what rose up on the inside of him was Jesus the name above every name and that lady glory to God got delivered now did not make the people that were making money off of her very happy we notice this in verse 19 And when her masters saw that the hope of her gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace under the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceeding trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison. I want you to pay particular attention to that one word. They cast them into the prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. So they're in the will of God, and yet they're in prison. They were in the prison, they were in the jail, but they didn't let the prison and the jail get in them. We could say this, that they were going through something they would have rather been delivered from. All of us in life go through some things we'd not rather not go through, right? But they found themselves in the midst of the jail. They found themselves in the midst of the prison. And here's what they did. And here's what you and I can do when we find ourselves in similar circumstantial things. And at midnight, Paul and Silas grumbled and complained. No, Paul and Silas prayed. And it was not a prayer of unbelief. It was a prayer of faith because they had the spirit of faith. Paul and Silas prayed, and what else did they do? And they sang praises to God, and notice what happened. The prisoners heard them. They were in jail, but what was in them was greater than the circumstance they were in. What was in them, what was on the inside of them, as a result of walking with God 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, as a result of staying full of the Word and full of the Spirit, what was in them rose up out of them and brought them out of the prison. What was in them? The spirit of faith. The spirit of praise. The spirit of prayer. And what and who is in you is much greater than what you are in right now. Amen? Jesus is our Redeemer. And He gave them the victory. Now thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. We could also say what they went through was a witness to the jailer. What Jesus did for them was a catalyst for others to experience freedom. Now notice in verse 30. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, the jailer said, Wow, this is a miracle. 
what must I do to be saved? And they said, simply believe on the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt be saved in your whole house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all those that were in the house. And he took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, baptized them, he and all of his, straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them, and they rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. Now listen, guys, this is household salvation. But what if Paul and Silas had wimped out? Those folks would have never gotten out of the prison they were in. They got out of the natural prison, but the jailer and his whole household got out of a spiritual prison. And it was a witness to them. So when you are going through something, make sure you're conducting yourself in a manner that is worthy, amen, of being a witness to others. And as it is a witness to others, they will experience freedom and miracles as well. Hallelujah. Now, go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're working on something today. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Here's what we can do in the midst of the test. He said in 1 Thessalonians 5, Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. Now notice when we in verse 18, In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Let's read that together. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And I think it's very interesting that the next verse says don't quench the spirit. When we're unthankful, when we're murmuring and complaining, that grieves the Holy Spirit. And you need the Holy Ghost. Amen? in a time of testing and a time of trial. But what I want you to see is this. It says, in everything give thanks, not for everything. Because quite frankly, there's a lot of things we'd rather not be in. There's some things we'd rather not go through. For instance, you may be currently in a situation you would, if you had the choice, you would rather not be going through. Come on, somebody. How many of you are going through something today? All right. Listen to this statement. How we conduct ourselves, how we act while we are in it, will determine whether we get through it or out of it. Amen? So it's not just a roll of the dice thing, quesarasara, whatever it will be, will be. You know, you never know what God will do. No, God is waiting on us to act on His Word so that He can watch over His Word to perform it, so that He can send an earthquake, hallelujah. So whatever He needs to do to get you through, to get you to His plan and His will for your life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Notice it doesn't say, in everything, murmur and complain. Now, you know that for the children of Israel, murmuring and complaining opened the door for the devil. It opened the door for destruction. For example, it says, don't murmur you as some of them also murmured. Talking about the children of Israel. And they were destroyed of the destroyer. So we see then, even though Jesus is our redeemer, we still must cooperate with his word and say it with me, be a doer. A doer of his word. Glory to God. And here's what happens with a lot of Christians. And I'm not being judgmental or critical. It's just a fact of life. When things don't go our way. When things don't go the way that people want it to go. When things don't happen when they want it to happen. And the way they want it to happen. Oftentimes people just throw in the towel and give up on God. This is babyhood Christianity. God expects something more of His kids. He expects us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. He expects us to endure hardness as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. He expects us to keep our eyes on Him so that we give Him something to work with. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not a quitter. Now here's the right way to do it. Here's the right way to do it. Turn with me over to Habakkuk chapter 3. Habakkuk, the third chapter. 
verse 17 through 19 says, although the fig tree shall not blossom, not a good thing when the fig tree is not blossoming, neither shall the fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail. Oh man, we need our olive oil. I put my olive oil on my Ezekiel 37 bread every morning. Brenda cooked my chicken in olive oil last night. It's not a good day when there ain't no olive oil. But if there's no olive oil in the house, I'm not going to murmur. I'm not going to complain. I'm just going to go to Lando Lakes Butter. <laughs> These are bad situations they're in. And the fields shall yield no meat. How many of you know we need some meat? I said we need some meat up in here. We need our steak. We need our hamburger. We need our chicken. We need our venison. We need our bison. We need our fish. We need some meat. Just saying. Bad situation when there's no meat. And the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold. And there shall be no herd in the stalls. That means there's nothing happening in the stalls. You understand what I'm saying? There's no multiplying going on. It's not a good situation. But now notice what his response was to all of this that was going on around him. He said, yet... Everyone say, yet. yet. Do it again. Yet. yet. What will I do? So you've got to get your will and purpose in your heart that you're going to rejoice. Yet I will rejoice. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Now notice what comes on the scene once he opens the door for God to move. What comes on the scene, the Lord is my strength. Woo! And he will cause me to run through a troop and leap over a wall. He will make my feet like hinds feet. And he will make me to walk upon my high places. I love what the uh, Amplified says. Listen to this in verse 19. The Lord God is my strength. He is my personal bravery. He is my invincible armory. He makes my feet like hinds feet and will make me to walk, not to stand still in terror, but to walk and make spiritual progress upon my high places of trouble, suffering, or responsibility. Woo! Glory to God. There are some things you're going to go through in order to get to. How many of you mamas know that's true when child labor came on the scene? You went through some pain. You went through some labor. But oh, when that baby came out, it was joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. Now listen, we need to be scriptural. We need to conduct ourselves properly. Yes, we're going to face some tests. Yes, we're going to face some trials. Here's what Peter said to the... To, here's what Peter said. He said, wherein you greatly rejoice. Even now... Now listen to this. For a season. Everyone say for a season. Even though for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through many temptations. Let me ask you a question. What did God give us for the spirit of heaviness? Boy, I'm going to try this section over here. What did God give us for the spirit of heaviness? He's given us the garment of praise. Come on, somebody. For the spirit of heaviness. When you put on the garment of praise, your hands ought to go up, your spirits ought to go up, your head ought to go up, and the heaviness will leave you. So don't be bummed out by the season you are in. Rather be fully persuaded by the God that lives within. Hallelujah! Be persuaded that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I know my Redeemer liveth. Jesus is my Redeemer. Jesus is my Redeemer. Amen. Declare it with me. Jesus, you are my Redeemer. It's a season. Seasons come and seasons go. Baseball season is about to end. Thank God for teams in the Bay Area. Seasonal mean it's not forever. 
I declare to you that behind every affliction, there is a greater glory. The glory of God, the presence of God is greater than the attack. Here's what he said. Guys, don't think it's strange. Concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you, but rather rejoice. Inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory shall be revealed, hallelujah, you may be glad with exceeding joy. He says, look now, if you're reproached for the name of Christ, get happy. Get happy. Why? Because the Spirit of glory, which is the presence of God, will saturate you and will rest upon you. And when the glory comes upon you, it doesn't matter what's going on around you. For when the glory rests upon you, you can make it through your darkest hour. When the glory of God comes upon you, He will enable you to get to your wealthy place and get to the place that He has for you. Woo! Glory! But now notice, in order for the spirit of glory which is the presence of God, everything good, heavy with everything good. In order for Him to come upon me, I've got to rejoice. That means I need to rejoice when I don't feel like rejoicing. Amen? Let's just try that on for size. Can you just rejoice just a little bit? Glory. 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 Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Ha, 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 devil. I rejoice in the Lord always. Yet I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. Yet. Down at the Oakland Coliseum, we used to do the wave a lot. Wave. Well, I'm telling you what, there's a better wave coming on the scene for the body of Christ. It is a wave of glory. It is a wave of His presence. It is a wave that will take us right into the glory land. Hallelujah. So, your light momentary affliction, this slight distress of the passing hour, is ever more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving in us an everlasting weight of glory. This weight of glory that I sense right now is beyond all measure. It's excessive. It's surpassing all comparisons and all calculations. This glory surpasses whatever you're in right now. This glory will take you right on through. Hallelujah. Amen. So Paul and Silas were in jail, but the jail wasn't in them. In everything, give thanks. Rejoice evermore. And again, I say unto you, rejoice. And do this at home. Don't wait to come to church to do it. Do it on the way home. Do it all week long. Amen. Now, I want you to look at Daniel chapter 3. How many have ever heard of the story Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Now, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow before the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar had made. Nebuchadnezzar was full of pride, and he said, Look, when you hear all of these instruments go off, I want everyone in the province, I want everyone to bow before this golden image and worship it. Well, the music went off. There were three Hebrew children that didn't bow. Oral Roberts said this, If you will not bow, you will not burn. Say this with me. If I will not bow, I'm not going to burn. And of course, there were tattletales around the king. And they came and they whispered in his ear, There's three Jews. Shadrach, Meshach, and off to bed we go. I mean, Abednego. There's three Jews. Lord, when you make this edict, they didn't bow. What are you going to do? The king just got full of rage. I mean, he was so upset. And so he called the three Hebrew children together and said, Look, 
When the music goes off, when all these instruments play, if you don't bow, I'm going to throw you into a burning, fiery furnace. Now, I want you to notice what the response was in Daniel chapter 3, bearing in mind that Jesus is our Redeemer. In Daniel 3.17, actually, he says, If it be so, King, our God, whom we serve, what is He? Did we sing about God being able today? Is your God able? He is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And not only that, He will deliver us out of thy hand, O King. Notice they weren't delivered from the burning fiery furnace, but they were delivered out of it. Let's get honest. There are some things we'd rather not have been complete. There are some things we rather would be completely delivered from. Amen? But even if we go through, we're not afraid. Because He's with us. He's for us. And He's in us to take us through. Hallelujah. In verse 18, But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we're still not going to serve your gods. Amen. Even if you throw us in the burning fiery furnace, our trust and our confidence is so much on God that we know that we're going to make it through and we're going to get unto God's perfect will for our lives. Amen. Be it known unto you, O king, that we will not serve your gods. We're not going to worship the golden image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar really got hot. And the form of his visage was changed. Therefore, he commanded that the heat of the furnace be turned up seven times. And in verse 20, he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind up the three Hebrew children and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Notice, then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen and their hats and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flames of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Ha, ha, ha. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, and he rose up in haste. And he spoke, and he said unto the counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto thee, True, O king. And he answered and said, But I see four men loose. You know, he's over there looking, one, two, three, four. I see four men loose. And they're walking in the midst of the fire. And not only that, they don't have any hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. I hear the Lord saying in my spirit today, when you pass through the waters, I'm going to be with you. When you go through the rivers, they'll not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon you. Ooh, glory to God. Now notice in verse 26. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fire furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, You servants of the Most High God, come forth, come out of here. Come forth in the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men, upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor nor was an hair of the head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Glory to God. Somebody hold my mule. I'm ready to preach. Verse 28. Then Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said, quite a change. What they went through was a witness too. You're talking about an ungodly king. You're talking about a jailer earlier that didn't know the Lord. What Paul and Silas went through got them too. What the three Hebrew children went through was a witness and a testimony to an ungodly king that there is a God in heaven, that there is a God greater than this golden image that I just made. Come on, somebody. Verse 28. 
Then Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said, Blessed be... <laughs> I love it. Woo, glory to God. Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they may not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now listen. Paul and Silas were cast into a prison. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were cast into a burning, fiery furnace. You may have found yourself cast into something you'd rather not have been cast into. But I've got a word from heaven for you today. And it's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and in verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 8 and verse 9. Are you ready? It says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not what? We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're looking at verse 9 now. He said, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. We are cast down. Jesus, your Redeemer, redeems your life from destruction. We may be cast down. We may be in a situation we'd rather not be in. But glory to God, my Redeemer liveth. He said, you'll be cast down, but you will not be destroyed. Another translation says, we are persecuted, but we never have to stand it alone. We may be knocked down, but we're never knocked out. Why? Because Jesus is our Redeemer. Because Jesus will never leave us nor forsake us. Let it be a witness. Whatever you may be facing. Don't you give up. Just keep pressing through the pressure. You see, I believe this. I'm looking at a congregation here today that God's got some divine plans for you. I mean, I mean it. There are some things perhaps that you have not gotten to yet. Can anybody sense that in their spirit? That there's some things that God wants to get you to. There are some things that God wants to get this church to. But many people give up because they're going through something. And I believe what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, don't stop when you're going through hell. Look at your neighbor and say, don't stop when you're going through hell. I want to emphasize through. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not afraid. For thou art with me, thou art with me, thou art with me, and you will take me through. Now listen to this. I want to say it again. I know I'm, I'm reemphasizing some points, but it's really important. How we conduct ourselves when we are going through determines whether we will get to. Don't live in the valley. Go through the valley. For if you live in the valley, you can get a valley consciousness. And if you have a valley consciousness, you can die and be stopped in the valley. Now, Paul knew something about this, didn't he? Don't you know that there were some things that God wanted to get Paul to? He needed to go to Rome. He needed to go to Thessalonica. He needed to go to the churches to share the revelation that God had given him. Paul spoke of this in Thessalonians when he said this to them, or in Corinthians, He says, for a great and effectual door is open to me, but there are many adversaries. He said to the church at Thessalonica, he said, wherefore we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, more than once, but Satan hindered us. Can Satan hinder you? Yes, he can hinder you. But thank God he can't stop you. He may hinder you, 
but he cannot stop you. And the condition is if, and this is a big one, if you will not quit. If you will not quit. In between service, I got this word in my spirit. Keep moving. Keep praising. Keep confessing. Keep pressing. And you'll make it through. Hallelujah. Thank God. He said in Isaiah 41.10. Let's look over there. Isaiah 41.10. Let's say glory three times. Keep saying it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Ha ha ha. Lord Mandeya. Ha ha. Obrikishtebande. Ha ha ha. Glory to God. Years ago, when we were building this building. I was standing outside. The devil said to me, he said, you'll never live to have your first service in there. He said, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to take you out. I went to Hawaii years ago. The enemy said, this is the last time you'll ever see the islands. The bait was there. Yeah, it was. Because I was in something. Yeah, that's right. I was going through something. It was a physical situation. I was in it. I needed to go through it. But while I was in the valley of the shadow of death, if I stopped pressing, if I stopped praising... If I stop looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith, if I stop looking to Jesus, my Redeemer, I could have taken that bait and I could be dead today. But I'm here to tell you that the devil's a liar. I said the devil's a liar. I said the devil's a liar. And he redeemed your life. He redeemed my life. He redeemed our lives from destruction. And this August, we had our 10th anniversary in this building. Glory to God. Glory to God. And some of you have heard certain lies in your, in your mind. You'll never make it. You're going to die. You're never going to make it. Your vision will never be fulfilled. You will never have the money. You'll never get your healing. Your children will never come to the Lord. Never, 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 never. But I hear the word of the Lord saying, always, always, always. He always causes us. He always causes us to triumph. Glory to God. Always giveth us the victory. Thanks be to God who always gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But you gotta shut those nevers up. And you gotta replace those nevers with always. You gotta replace the devil's lies with God's truth. Because God's truth always trumps the devil's lies. Hallelujah. Whatever he's telling you that you will never do, he is just scared out of his wits that it's going to be done. Why would he try to convince you with the word never if he didn't know what was on the other side once you get through and get to? Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Let's praise God. Let's thank God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, you're too old. You're too old. You'll never, you'll never, you'll never. Shut up, devil, in the name of Jesus. My God is on my side. He's for me. He's living on the inside of me. I'm going through to the other side, for in his word I do abide. I'm going to the other side because I'm full of the Holy Ghost and full of might. I'm walking by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. Woo, glory.
Hallelujah. So thank God for the stand of faith. I was able to stand in faith and got my manifestation. To God be the glory. And you know something? God's no respecter of persons. What he's done for one, he'll do for all. (laughs) Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But you can't quit. You can't be a quitter. You just cannot quit. You can't stop. It's like I said earlier, when you're going through hell, just don't stop. Just keep on moving. Ha, ha, ha. Well, you, you shouldn't tithe. You shouldn't give to the church. You'll never get out of debt that way. That's a lie straight from the pit of hell. Your giving opens up the door for Jesus to bless you. Your being chintzy and stingy closes the door and opens the door to the destroyer. Listen, I learned this years ago from Kenneth Copeland, and many of you have as well. I learned this years ago. At the other end of what the devil says is God's truth. Faith is the reciprocal of fear. So whatever he's telling you you can't do, it's a good indication that you can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Oh, Pastor Mark, how you know? How you know you're going to make it through? I know I'm going to make it through because I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Amen. Say with me, Jesus is my Redeemer. Years ago, a mighty man of God, Oral Roberts, preached a message called, Who is that fourth man? <laughs> Who is that fourth man? That fourth man is Jesus, your Redeemer. And I just want to preach just a little while in closing this morning on this message that Oral preached years ago. He said, who is this fourth man? Well, in Genesis, he's the seed of the woman. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's our high priest. In Numbers, he's the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he's the prophet like unto Moses. In Joshua, he's the captain of your salvation. In Judges, he's the judge and the lawgiver. In Ruth, he's our kinsman redeemer. Hallelujah. In Samuel, he is our trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he's our reigning king. In Ezra, he's the faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of broken walls of human life. In Esther, he's our Mordecai. In Job, he's our ever-living redeemer. For I know that my redeemer liveth. Then the people would shout and dance and get happy. And then Oral would stand up and say, Who is this fourth man? (laughs) Woo! In Psalms... He's our shepherd. In Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, he's your wisdom. In the Song of Solomon, he's our lover and bridegroom. In Isaiah, he's the prince of peace. In Jeremiah, he's the righteous branch. In Lamentations, the weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he's the wonderful four-faced man. In Daniel, he's the fourth man in life's burning fiery furnace. Who is this fourth man? He is Jesus, your Redeemer who broke Satan's power, who went in his own backyard and triumphed over death, hell, and the grave and took the keys of hell and death and gave you power and authority over him. Then he would go on and say, Who is the fourth man? In Hosea, he's the faithful husband, forever married to the backslider. In Joel, he's the baptizer with the Holy Ghost and fire. In Avis, he's our burden bearer. In Obadiah, he's our he's mighty to save. In Jonah, he's our great foreign missionary. In Micah, he's the messenger of beautiful feet. In Nahum, he's the avenger of God's elect. In Habakkuk, he's God's evangelist, reviving work in the midst of its years. In Zephaniah, our savior. Haggai, our restorer of God's lost heritage. In Zechariah, he's the fountain open in the house of David for sin and uncleanness. And in Malachi, he is the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Woo, glory. Who is this fourth man? 
In Matthew, the Messiah, Mark, Wonder Worker, Luke, Son of Man, John, Son of God, Acts, Holy Ghost, Romans, Justifier, Corinthians, Sanctifier, Galatians, Redeemer of the Curse of the Law, Ephesians, the Christ of unsearchable riches, and Philippians. He is the God who supplies all of our needs. In Colossians, He's the Godhead of the fullness of the body of Christ. In Thessalonians, the soon coming King of Kings. Come on, somebody. In Timothy, the mediator between God and man. In Titus, he's your faithful pastor. In Philemon, he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Who is the fourth man? In Hebrews, he's the blood of the everlasting covenant. James, our great physician. In Peter, he's the great shepherd who shall appear with a crown of unfading glory. In John, he is love. In Jude, he is the Lord coming with ten thousands of angels. And in Revelations, he is the king of kings. Who is that fourth man? Who is that fourth man? Who is that fourth man? It is Jesus, your Redeemer. It is Jesus, the Son of the living God. It is Jesus who's coming again soon. Oh, hallelujah. He's Jesus. He's Jesus. He is Jesus. He's in the operating room with you. He's in the foreclosure with you. He is Jesus, your Redeemer. He is in your son and your daughter's wayward ways. He's right there. He is for you. He is on your side. He is the fourth man that shows up in fires, fiery furnaces to lift you up. Come on, let's lift our hands and praise Him. Oh, glory to God. He is my Redeemer. He is our Redeemer. Glory to God. I've done it again. I preached myself happy. I don't know whether I helped you or not, but I preached myself happy. Because I just dropped by to tell you something. I've been through some things. But in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. I've been through some things. You've been through some things. But we're still breathing. Some of us might be limping a little bit. Some of us may have some trials and tests going on, but it's all right. I said, it's all right. You're still alive. You're still breathing. And where there's breath, there's hope. And let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Woo! I just burned me off 500 calories. I'm going to eat a good lunch today. Who is that fourth man? He's Abel's sacrifice. He's Noah's rainbow. He's Abraham's ram, Isaac's wells, Jacob's scepter, Moses' rod. He's Joshua's sun and moon that stood still. He's Elijah's mantle. He's Elisha's staff. He's Gideon's fleece. He's Samuel's horn of oil. He's David's slingshot. He's Isaiah's fig poultice. He's Hezekiah's sundial. He's Daniel's vision, Amos's burden, and Malachi's son of righteousness. Who is this fourth man? He is Peter's shadow. He is Stephen's signs and wonders. He's Paul's handkerchiefs and aprons and John's pearly white city. Who is this fourth man? He is a father to the orphan, husband to the widow, traveler, hallelujah, to the traveler in the night. He is the bright and morning star. And to those who walk in the lonesome valley, he is the lily of the valley. He is the rose of Sharon. He's the honey in the rock. He's the brightness of God's glory, the express image of his person, the king of glory, the pearl of great price, the rock in a weary land, my cup that runs over, my rod and my staff that comfort, and the government and our lives are upon his shoulder. Not on the Democrats, not on the Republicans. The government is upon his shoulder. 
Who is this fourth man? He is Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of the living God, my Savior, my Champion, my Lord, and my King. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. He is your Redeemer. And He redeems your life from destruction. Some of you may be down for the nine count. And the devil's ready to count ten. But I would remind you that Jesus was down. But on that third day, He got up. And He got up so you could get up. As a matter of fact, He's raised us up. And made us sit together with Him in heavenly places. Stand up, everybody. That's enough for today. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Woo, glory. Hallelujah. We still have an offering to receive, so nobody move. Everybody stand still and lift your hands up and just thank Him that He is our Redeemer. Hallelujah. Anybody today that wants to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that wants to rededicate their lives to God, or wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit and fire, today we're going to pray one prayer. And at the end of the service, I'm going to ask you to come up and we're going to pray with you. Let's all confess Jesus, our Redeemer today. Declare this with me, Heavenly Father. I believe that Jesus is the Son of the living God. Thank you, Lord, that you came to this earth on my behalf, that you lived a sinless life. And on Calvary's cross, you took my place. You were crucified. You died and you were buried. And on that third morning, you rose from the dead. And I believe that. And now I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is my Lord and is my Savior. Come into my heart, dear Lord. I reconnect and recommit and give my all to you as I dedicate my life wholly and entirely unto you today. I ask you to fill me unto overflowing with the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Amen.